0: This is Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast by Oanda. I'm Johnny Hart and you're listening to the Market Insights Market Pulse podcast. Let's join Kelvin Wong, Oanda Senior Market Analyst in Singapore. Good morning from London, Kelvin. How are you?
1: Good morning to you, Johnny, and good afternoon over at my end. Yeah.
0: Yes, the start of another week and uh, some positive news coming out of China over the weekend which has buoyed some Chinese markets.
1: Yes, precisely. So let's start off with the uh, most uh, watched number inflationary data out from China, from the consumer, as well as the producer price index. If you look at the last nine months or so, uh, China has been in this uh, spiral of deflationary pressure. So what's uh, positive on the numbers that was released on last Saturday, the August number for consumer inflation in China has managed to actually inch back to a positive territory. So they actually came in at a 0.1% year-on-year versus July number of a negative 0.3% year-on-year. And what's interesting over here is that the PPI numbers which is the factory gate prices has managed to show, I would say that the second consecutive month of improvement. So they actually inch uh, slightly higher to negative 3% year-on-year from uh, August up from negative 4.4% year on year in July so what we could see over here is it seems to us that the the piecemeal stimulus measure uh, as enacted by China top policymakers, seems to have triggered down to the wider economy to actually kind of negate this uh, deflationary pressure in China that we have started to actually witness in the last uh, 9 months or so. So that kind of a trigger a bit of a minor positive feedback loop that we see in the China stock market. So the benchmark CSI300 managed to end the day on a higher note at not much uh, but still rather positive given that we see a slew of consecutive weekly losses in the last uh, 3 to 4 weeks or so, so today it ended at uh, positive 0.7% and also a proxy uh, the Hansen index so even though it ended the rate at negative 0.6% but it managed to actually trim down the intraday loss so today it has a maximum drawdown of close to uh 2% bear in mind that it actually uh, just reopened after a closure on last Friday due to a heavy uh, this thunderstorm in Hong Kong so uh, something to be actually to point out to look out for is will be whether can this particular short-term uh, momentum in the china benchmark stock index uh, which is the CSI 300 as well as the hansen index whether can they continue their momentum for this week uh, this com- this week or so uh, uh-huh. we also had to take a look at how the chinese yuan actually performed so the chinese yuan has been actually one of the major factor that is actually kind of leading uh, the performance of the china equity and its proxy. So if you look at the last three weeks or so, uh, the UN has been pretty much weak against the dollar, so that actually kind of reinforced this uh, multi-week downtrend in this uh, China equities and its related proxy. So what's interesting over here is that with the news, positive news for that's out over the weekend, the uh, dollar CNH, that means the dollar against the offshore CNH, actually right now, uh, actually, actually close below the low of last Friday session. Uh, which is rather, uh, in terms of short term, rather bearish for the dollar. So uh, we'll be looking at the 50-day moving average uh, that it has been holding up pretty much uh, as a support with this dollar CNH since uh, the early part of august this year so now I think as a support at 7.2330 so only a clear break below kind of a daily close below 7.2330 then potentially we could unleash much more dollar uh, weakness against the cnh so that could actually at least uh, trigger a bit of continuation of this short-term positive momentum that is being seen today on the china equity as well as the uh, Seng index going forward this week And there's also been
0: some uh, positive news from China's regulator... Yes. ...regarding the China insurance company...
1: Uh, so to be precise, over the it's actually a positive news flow. So it's uh, it as an indirect monetary policy stimulus. Instead of coming from the bank, now it's coming from the uh, Chinese insurance company. So Chinese insurance company they do has a surplus cash over here that is being set aside. So this surplus cash over here is that they use this surplus cash to actually invest in blue chips uh, stocks as well as uh, tech stocks that are listed on the China uh, stock exchange. So over. On Sunday, the financial regulators actually reduces this risk weighting of their existing uh, portfolio of blue chip shares and tech stocks, so kind of uh, giving them much more buffer to actually uh, further use their surplus. Uh, cash to invest in the local stock market and as well as, uh, very interestingly, they also reduce uh, the risk weighting on risk as well. So risks are pretty much tied to the property market in China. So all in all, it seems to me that uh, the China regulator actually is trying to actually uh, do it indirectly, uh, kind of a monetary policy stimulus measure to try to boost uh, the or, or negate the current negative sentiment in the China stock market.
0: Let's move away from China now, Kelvin, and uh, a fairly busy week coming up on uh, this side of the world. On Wednesday, uh, we've got the latest CPI from the United States, a very crucial number, that one. And then on Thursday, uh, we've got the ECB meeting, and uh, the smart money is saying that there's going to be uh, no change in the rates. Let's uh, go back to the US CPI. And it is crucial, isn't it?
1: Yes, that's pretty much crucial. So what's interesting over here is uh, market expecting is another uh, we call it further we call it tempering of elevated inflation in US. So if you're looking at the core inflation rate, that means uh, the rate that is excluding energy and food prices. So for core inflation for the month of August, uh, the consensus is expecting another tick down lower in terms of growth. So 4.3 percent year on year is the expectation. uh, Below the the previous month of 4.7%. So it, this comes down as we expectation uh, that could be close to a two-year low. So what it means over here is that potentially it means very likely the Federal Reserve means the Fed is very coming very close to the end of the current interest rate hike cycle. So at most now market is actually pricing in the uh, last rate cut, uh, rate hike. pardon me, the last rate hike to come in in the month of either uh, November to bring the terminal rate to close to 5.5% to 5.75%. And the next thing over here is definitely boils down to the September meeting, which is upcoming next week on the latest dot plot on how the Fed, or I would say that to have a gauge of when the Fed will start to enact its first interest rate cut because it seems to me that the current uh, Fed fund futures pricing it pricing in the first rate cut rather optimistically to come in in a month of uh May or June next year, given uh, is that that's a higher uh, we call odds of close to fifty to sixty percent. That, but however, do not forget if you look at the last two months, we have a huge rise in the oil prices. The WTI crude rose close to twenty percent in the last two months. So uh, that could be one of a bothering factor or hindering factor for the Fed to. Get not too dovish instead. So, but that should actually give us more clue during the September FOMC meeting later part of this month, which is about a week or so from now. So, uh, market participants will be uh, growing, uh, sticking eye their eyes and ears on the dot plot, the latest dot plot, because they're going to release it in the uh, in the upcoming FOMC meeting to, uh, a week from now, as well as Federal Reserve uh, Fed Chair Powell uh, press conference thereafter.
0: Yes, this uh, oil price is a major worry, isn't it, Kelvin? Because just when we believe that inflation, the uh, rocketing inflation that we've seen over the last uh, 18 months has been licked, the oil price now at around uh, $90 a barrel, Brent crude slightly down today, going forward into the medium term, and that could scupper all of the positivity about reining in inflation and, and rates could Uh, stay higher for longer we've got the ECB on Thursday but you're suggesting a pause
1: Yes so precisely for ECB right now I do reckon that over here is that uh, still with the opinion of market consensus at 4.25% a pause Uh, why because if you look at the previous uh, PMI data for August the finalized one in the eurozone is pretty much weak so indicating to us that uh, there is further what I call downside pressure in terms of economic growth on the eurozone and do not forget over here is that uh, the European uh, economy uh, or the Eurozone economy as per se, pretty much dependent on China. Uh, trade as well. So what we could see, uh, data out from China is still rather lackluster. So growth uh, has not really turned around in China yet. So I do not uh, reckon uh, ECB would be much uh, maintaining their hawkish stance for now. So at most, uh, they will actually uh, face a very similar dilemma like the Fed to approach more like a wait and see approach. Also bear in mind that they they do reckon that uh, oil prices is a pretty much uh, sticky and complex issue right now.
0: Okay, Kelvin Wong in Singapore. Thank you for joining us today. My pleasure. Market Insights, the Market Pulse podcast.